And happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Amatel Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a special midweek Thanksgiving episode for you going on this week. Got lots to talk about, of course, recap week 12 in the National Football League. Give you my thoughts on the Orioles cutting their one of the best players on their 2019 roster. Jonathan Villar, give you your thoughts on that. Give you my thoughts about the Astros and how they've been dead silent with this whole stealing signs electronically stealing scenario. And, of course, I'll preview and give my picks for the Thursday NFL Thanksgiving games that will occur on uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, tomorrow. But joining me for the first segment, sharing the opening monologue, which is something that we've never done in the one-year, what, two-, three-month history on the Tell I Can Tell You's podcast, and that is my good friend Brendan Dillon, who we had on for a little bit, uh, what, about a few weeks ago? He is joining me right now to share the opening monologue with me. Brennan, how are you today, pal? Okay? Doing fantastic. How are you, Jai? Living a life? I am living a life, man. It is Thanksgiving. I am ready to talk some football. Let's go! Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, let's start first with the with the Seahawks and Eagles game. Eagles coming into that game after losing to the Patriots the week before. Definitely needed this game to help to help themselves as far as winning the National League East is concerned. Meanwhile, the Seahawks, who have been absolutely on fire since they lost to the Ravens back in October, have not have, and still have not lost a road game yet this season and just came in there. It wasn't pretty, but they came in there and they took care and their defense played lights out. Now, part of the reason was the fact that Carson Wentz absolutely vomited all over himself in the ballgame. And when Zach Ertz is your number one and only receiving uh, option out there if you're the Eagles you're going to be in a little bit of a problem but give me a thought uh, I'll go first and then I'll let you respond the Eagles Carson Wentz I mean could you put if could you play more pathetic in the football game I mean over overthrowing receivers and underthrowing receivers as if it was the first time he's ever picked up a football and then I got Car- and then I got Carson Wentz Fumbling, fumbling the ball, dropping back. The, I mean, granted, all the other games, we could kind of make excuses and kind of dilute the fault or the fault. Yeah, the fault from Carson Wentz. But let, but let's, but let's be honest, Brendan. I mean, Carson Wentz was horrendous, bad. horrendous in the game. 
I mean, two he threw two interceptions. He threw two interceptions and he fumbled the ball three times. And he was underthrowing and overthrowing receivers left left and right. I mean, and and it's not like that Seattle played their most picture perfect game either. When as you heard Russell Wilson tell you, and my brother Ian, as you know, brother, he was he was telling me he was like this game should have been a blow up by halftime. We should have had tw- we should have had twenty we should have had twenty one, twenty eight, thirty something points. But because the Seahawks offense themselves shot themselves on the foot, it kept the game kind of close. But even then, when there were opportunities to be had, the Eagles straight flushed them right down the toilet. Give me your thoughts on that ball game. Uh, Carson Wentz probably played the worst game of his career ever. He had two interceptions. He had the uh, two, well, the three fumbles. And, um, it, it, like, honestly, he should feel embarrassed. Um it's an important game that he needed to win if they were going to do anything in our division. And now I feel like the Cowboys, they're going to take it all. For the Seahawks, this is just another win out of many for them. They already have tons of dubs. Um, they will definitely be seeping in as a wild card or maybe even a division winner. So it's with, not with, the, with the one seed, if, the, if, somehow the, if, if somehow the 49ers end up – uh, slowing it down down the stretch. Yeah, but there, yeah, go ahead. It's there's all there's always an inevitability. So what can I say about this? Uh, the Eagles are not as great as you know everybody thought at the beginning of the season, and the Eagles are not as great as they were when they won the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz doesn't bring to them the dimensions, ironically, that Nick Foles, the person that they took away from their offense, did. They are in this situation now because they believed in somebody who hasn't really produced this season, and you can see that via his statistics. He's only had two 300-yard games, and like that's pathetic for a quarterback like him and his offense, even without the gadget tools that he could be using. Two 300-yard – like even uh, Case Keenum had more 300-yard games in like, his six starts than he has. So it's – it's embarrassing. He should nope. be. He should be embarrassed. And, and, and Russell Wilson did not perform like an MVP in the game. Thirteen no, for twenty-five, two hundred passing yards, an interception, and a touchdown. I mean, he played well. He played decent enough to win the ball game. He didn't make as many mistakes as Carson Wentz did, but that was not championship football. And Russell Wilson played under any circumstances on oh, Sunday. No, oh no! Oh no! way! But they still won because right. this because the Eagles just played so bad. Oh, they pissed. They pissed down the leg. Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, Carson Wentz under the thumb. I mean, Carson, have, have you picked up a football as of late? I mean, come back to us, Carson. Underthrowing receivers, overthrowing them, fumbling the football, two bonehead asinine in the center. Uh, come, come on, Carson. Come back to us. Please, 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 Carson. Please come back to us. And you know, what, you know what's even more surprising in that game? He had the highest completion percentage he's had his whole entire his whole entire season. That's the high, that's a game with his highest completion which, percentage. Which is saying which is saying something about how Let's, bad he really is. Yeah, bro, he, he definitely. Third, uh, second game, Cowboys and uh, Patriots, which was a complete eyesore to watch. And when it was thirty five degrees and it was when the wind was uh, coming down from the sky sideways. I mean, oh gosh, what what an ugly football game to watch! But uh, with the New England Patriots, they pulled you know, it out. They pulled out the they W. Finding ways to win. This is the twenty second consecutive, or excuse me, twenty first consecutive home game that they have won, including the playoffs. One of the, I would imagine one of the longest active streets in the National Football League as of right now. But I mean, 
do you want to do you want to get on Jason Garrett first or should I? You can get on him, but I'm gonna get on Tom Brady. Uh, so you can, so okay, I'll let you get Brady. Can I, let me get Jason Garrett for a minute? Jason, 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 please explain to me with six. Please explain to me with six oh eight in the fourth quarter. Your offense has done nothing all game. Nothing. I mean, Dak. I mean. Dak realized middle of the game. I, you know, we all give Skip Bears a lot of crap, but he he kind of had a couple points on on Monday on undisputed. It was almost as if like the Cowboys realized that they were playing in a torrential downpour in Foxborough against the Patriots, and it was like, oh, it's actually the weather's actually crappy outside. Dak, oh, we're not playing at AT and T Stadium. Let me put on a glove. I mean, Dak, could you could you wake up a little bit? But I don't blame that on Dak. I, Blame it on the head coach. Jason, did you look at the forecast throughout the week? I mean, did you pay attention? Did you have a clue? He didn't. Jason, wake up. Come <laughs> nope. back to us, please. Why in God's name, when you're down 13 to 6, with 6.08 in the fourth quarter, and you are at the Patriots' Um, at the Patriots' 11-yard line, why in God's name are you kicking a field goal in that situation? Jason, Wake up. Come back to us. Please, 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 please. I get it that Dallas Cowboys, you know, yeah, that's a, that's, that it is a torrential downpour outside. Throwing the football in this kind of weather isn't exactly ideal. But, gee whiz, you have a quarterback making over $100 million that you just paid. That's a Heisman Trophy, that's a Heisman trophy win for crying out loud. Jason, come back to us, please. Why in the why in the hell are you kicking a field goal with six oh eight in the fourth quarter and you're going up against Tom Brady, who all he's gonna do is just run the clock out and the, and the ball game is over and the Patriots win the game already? I mean, Jay Wentz, why are you kicking? Why are you kicking? He's a smart. Field goal? He's a, at least he's touchdown. smart. My gosh, Almighty! <sighs> and could, you get, and could you get your quarterback mm. to to put on a pair of gloves? When it's when it's thirty five degrees outside and it's raining sideways, Jay West would have been beneficial. Go ahead, kill Brady. <laughs> so, so Tom, you know you're a legend in sports history. You're one of the best quarterbacks, debatably of all time, and you have five rings. So it's very hard for me to tear you down. Uh, so what can I say to you? Well, this is probably one of, if not like your worst games in, like, the history of you playing. If we if we go down this, like, even though you guys won, you guys won with your completion percentage, which was 45%. 17 completions out of 37, 37 attempts. And though I know that it was crappy conditions, you guys should have destroyed the competition. And you didn't. And the main reason why you guys didn't is because you, you played so bad as a quarterback. Even Dak Prescott played better than you, buddy. Dak Prescott played better than you in this game, in these conditions. And yes, I know that you've been hurt. But your performance is very lackluster. And I feel like you are falling off slowly. I feel like you have gotten worse and worse as time has went on. And you're not all that great like you used to be. So uh, I, I I have to say that uh, you you played as pretty pathetic, and you need to somehow rekindle your greatness in your next game. Even though you guys won, you guys didn't won because of your quality. You guys won because you could kill clock. 
because the Dallas Cowboys were dumb enough to kick field goals. And going for touchdowns going because for Jason that. Garrett is not a patch on Jer- – on, uh, what the hell is his name? It's not a patch on Jimmy Johnson's ass, and he decides to kick field goals when you're down seven. When you're down seven with six minutes left in the fourth quarter of a, of a tight ball game, where it's been field position and special teams, idiot uh, uh, punt returners not knowing how to field the freaking kick, you miss you miss the up guy coming in on the punt block. Oh my gosh, Almighty, oh what a pathetic performance by Jason Garrett. Mm. And also, what a pathetic performance. I get to your rebuttal with uh, Tom Brady in a minute. What a pathetic performance by the NFL officials. You mean to tell me that that was stripping? You got to be freaking kidding me. We got replay and all this Pretty other pathetic. Gitsy, gassy garbage in the world for us to look at replay and look at this and look at. How in the world do you screw up? How is that a tripping call? That is an absolute joke and an absolute disgrace. That was a terrible job. A terrible, 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 pitiful job by the officials calling that tripping. He didn't even triple. High tower just fell down. The officials at Jason Garrett got me annoyed. If you haven't said you can't tell already. But yeah, with Brady, you're right. 17 for 37, 180 yards and a touchdown. Not exactly a uh, goat goat material, and like my dad always says, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if you're a 42 year old father of three kids, or if you're a 42 year old quarterback for the New England Patriots. Father time is undefeated. Father, if if Father time got Michael Jordan, it can get to you. So so let's not act yeah. like that Tom Brady's gonna be playing till he's 60 or 45 or 40. A lot of let's, people, let's, a lot, let's, but a lot let's, of people believe relax, that. Though. Okay, Tom. Oh, Tom Brady will not be that. playing football by the time me and you, Brendan, get out of college. He will. He will not be. He'll be done playing yeah. football by the time me and you get our college degree in in four to five years. Let, let's come. Let's come down on Brady. Another team that that's in my crosshairs here. How about the Green Bay Packers? How how about all I ever heard about was that defense was the was the equivalent of the sixty two Packers, and all I heard was that Mike Pettin was the equivalent of freaking. Buddy Ryan or Vince Lombardi, and all all that's all I ever heard. Yet the yet the I got the uh, I got the San Francisco 49ers putting up a blowout on Sunday football, thirty seven to eight. And all I ever heard was the Green Bay Packers defense was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, give me a break. I mean, Mike, 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 Mike. Could you not have George Kittle wide open? I mean, where where were your safeties at? Where were your corners? Where were your linebackers? Can I not have George Kittle wide open down the sideline, please? To the it was surprising to, how not competitive that game was. We got I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo out here looking like freaking Joe Montana, and got Kittle out to be the late great God rest his glorious soul, Dwight Clark. I mean, would it kill you? I mean, all I ever heard was was Mike Mike Petten this and Mike Petten that. Oh my God! Enough, please, 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 please. Uh, Stick George Kettle. Stop making Jimmy Garoppolo have to be freaking mm-hmm. Joe Montana. Cause quite, cause quite frankly, with my life on the line, I'm not. I'm taking Rodgers over Garoppolo. If Rodgers has a decent defense, but I'm taking Rodgers over Garoppolo. I know. I know Garoppolo is everybody's flavor of the month because he's not because he's nice 
that nice, attractive white guy with the, with the nice-looking beard and his, and his skin is darkened to just the perfect amount. He's out here screwing around, you know, flirting with Aaron Andrews after the game and screwing around with porn stars and everything. Can we calm down on Jimmy Garoppolo, please, and 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 let's and start killing the Packer defense, which is which it, which if it was just a big playoff game, would have absolutely spit the bit and vomited all over themselves, keeping the Packers from going to another Super Bowl. If this was a playoff game, can we calm down on Garoppolo for a minute, please? Brendan, your thoughts? I think that that game was a lot less competitive than you know. I would have thought it would have been. And um, what can I say except, damn, the defense of the Green Bay Packers did not live up to what we expected the Green Bay Packers defense would lead up up to. And Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great game, but that's mostly because his defense did so damn bad. that you know, any time that he got on the field, he got on the field. If he would have done anything, they would have went back down and scored. But Aaron Rodgers didn't play all that great either. So let's not entertain like, you know, oh, wow, he did. He didn't do all that great. Um, What else? Yeah, I was going to say, say, give credit, though, to that. I tell you the uh, side of the ball that, that needs credit and needs praise, that San Francisco 49er, especially off the edge with Bosa in them. Oh, my goodness, what a what a good defense they got. What a defense they got with Bosa. Um, give them credit, and this is gonna be interesting to see how the Ravens handle handle Bosa and them. Now they was able to shut down Aaron Donald, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's see how the Ravens handle Nick Bosa and this Forty Nine er defense on Sunday. That should be interesting to watch. Uh, oh yeah, totally. I'm excited. For speaking that. of the rant, speaking of the Ravens, uh, their their game, their Monday night game against the Rams. Oh my goodness gracious, what an absolute bloodbath! I mean, Lamar Jackson, have you seen an electrifying, outstanding, jaw-dropping, entertaining athlete at quarterback? Now, Mike, Michael Vick, he played when I was a little kid, but I, I'm a little, I, I got the second. I got the Michael Vick. I got the Philadelphia and the, and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Jet Michael Vick. I didn't get the Michael Vick circa 2004, 2005, 2003, 2002. That's you know, that's you know lighting the scoreboard on fire. Greatest 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 player in the history of EA Sports, Madden, NFL football. I I didn't see the I didn't full disclosure. I didn't see, and I was too young to see the Michael Vick of the of the Atlanta Falcons play. So my my Michael Vick is you know two thousand is to that two thousand nine two thousand ten period is with the Eagles. But have you ever have you Brenna have you seen a dynamic all around outstanding electrifying quarterback like Lamar Jackson? I mean fifteen for twenty. It didn't throw for a lot of passing yards, but who cares? In fact, he's fifteen for twenty and threw five touchdowns on his Monday Night Football debut against the defending NFC champion Los Angeles Rams who were in the Super Bowl last year, but that's pretty damn impressive. Give me your thoughts on that. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty impressive as well. Kind of surprising. Uh, there's a... Uh, yeah, continue, continue, continue. So I'm trying to I, I, um, recuperate I my thoughts. That's what I'm going to uh, say. But... I mean, what what a what a phenomenal what a phenomenal performance by him and Mark Ingram. Boy, he has a big game. Fifteen rushes for 111 yards and a touchdown. Average about seven and a half yards a carry. Stop it. I mean, I 
know, it's very hard for me to. It's very hard for me to congratulate. Can't stand the Ravens, but Brandon, you gotta admit this Ravens team is pretty. This Ravens team is pretty damn good. You have to understand why I why I, why I, it's very hard for me. You really need to recuperate my thoughts because, like, yes, it was a very impressive game. What I do need to say though is that I still don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Oh I still yeah, don't think yeah. Everybody yeah, says that they are. Thomas to go on there and say, "Well, every playing the Super Bowl, um, can we, let's calm down on the Super Bowl." I'm, and it's not just him. It's I mean, I could Brent, I can read you text messages of my football teammates going crazy, some of my Ravens are going to be and going to win the Super Bowl. But <laughs> I know you guys are all excited, and you guys are like kind of. And you guys are deprived from your guys are deprived for a winner because the Orioles do nothing but you know find new ways to lose baseball games. We don't have an NBA team, and and Maryland and Maryland College Park football is a joke, and all the uh, and all the uh, the Terps basketball team, men's basketball team, does is lose and choke in the Sweet Sixteen, the NCAA tournament. But can can we calm down on the Ravens a little bit? I mean, as far as Super Bowl is concerned, I said to myself, I don't see them losing another game till January. That that's that's my disclaimer. That's the asterisk till January because January, and they and they play the Chiefs who they haven't beaten, or they play Belichick who's who's going to have two who's going to have a month and a half to two months worth of of uh, time on his hands where he can go back and review every snap and every second of the things he did wrong against Lamar Jackson in that Sunday night game. And, and especially if they're playing in Foxborough, I'm t- I'm taking the goats over Lamar Jackson and the and the uh and the Ravens just off of sheer just based off of sheer experience. And what Belichick is going to do is he's going to make Lamar beat him with his arm and I'm not exactly sure that Lamar can do that. Lamar can beat teams with his arm when he wants to, not when the opponent Imposes their will on making Lamar throw, but but as far as Super Bowl is concerned, let's calm down, okay? You still have now Grant. Now Chiefs, I understand Chiefs. Oh, I, I, here's the thing about the Chiefs: the Chiefs are Super Bowl material, but the Ravens have yet to prove that they can beat the Chiefs. They lost to them last year, and then they lost to them this year. The Ravens, the Ravens on paper are a better team than, than the Chiefs, but they've lost to them two years in a row. So they gotta prove to me that they can that they can go into Arrowhead or that the Chiefs can come into Baltimore and beat and beat the Chiefs. Now the Chiefs defense is horrendous. I know Andy Reid, the biggest playoff choker in the history of football, but but I mean they can't beat the Chiefs. But on paper they're better than the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are Super Bowl material. And then you also got keeping my Bill Belichick and the Patriots. But let's calm down on on Super Bowl. It, it, uh, as far as winning is concerned, getting to it, I can listen to winning. Uh-uh. Saints, you got the Saints, the 49ers, the Seahawks, who can they can easily who they can beat again in in this drop of a hat because because you're looking at Carol and Wilson who've been there to the Super Bowl and Lamar and Lamar Jackson hasn't and the Harbaugh hasn't coached in one in seven years. So I mean I mean you know so let, let let's calm down a little bit. Your thoughts. Uh, they're doing what they always do, which is basically being far too extreme and believing that a lot of crazy shit is going to happen that isn't actually going to. And are you even really all that surprised? It's always been like that with them. That is their fan base as a whole. It sucks, but, you know, 
stuff like that is probably and, 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 <laughs> and let's not entertain let's not entertain like hey that actually is going to happen because you guys though you though you have won Super Bowls beforehand I don't think that you guys are ready after last year's playoff game where you guys got completely whooped by the Texans Chargers. was it yeah Chargers at home yeah or Chargers my well, fault I don't know when what I'm Lamar saying got Texans, off the field and lo and behold less than twelve months later. Ravens fans are holding him as to be their Lord and Savior, their Messiah. That's like save the Ravens. Yeah, and they, they, they talk they, trash and, about him too. And they pulled him off the field for a Joe oh, Flacco in a playoff Jackson. game. Now, granted, full disclosure, I want a Flacco in the playoff game too. But you Ravens fans and the and the 60, 60 over the sixty thousand, seventy thousand, some of y'all that were that were at that Raven game were sitting home on your couch in early January that wanted to throw Lamar to the wolves to put in Flacco against the uh against uh you know against uh the what's the other Bosa kid? Uh I forget his name, but against but against <laughs> Bosa against Bosa yeah. and the Chargers defense. I mean let, let's be fair. Let let's be fair. You guys want you guys wanted to throw him to the wolves in January. All of a sudden, he's winning you guys a few games, doing things that we haven't seen since Michael Vick. You guys want to put him in the Hall of Fame. Let's let's take it down a little bit. Are they an AFC Championship contender? Yes. Can they get the one team from the Patriots? Yes, they could. Could they get to the Super Bowl? I could listen to, but I'm not. But I'm not exactly sold on the on their notion. Winning, winning, yeah, winning like, the Super Bowl. Happen. Not <laughs> happening. Because if they go, if they go, I mean, unless they go up against the 49ers, which I don't see happening the 49ers getting that far, if they can get to the 49ers, regardless of what happens this weekend, then I would say yeah. Because obviously, Harb, I, I'll take Harbaugh over Kyle Shanahan in that spot. But if they're, but if they're playing a, a team that has some experience in the game, especially if it's the Saints or the Seahawks, if they even get that far as the Super Bowl, not a chance the Ravens are winning. If they, especially if they play the Saints or the Seahawks, and I, and I could give a crap about what they did back in Week Nine, Week Eight, whatever it was, in middle in the middle of October. Super Bowl, all bets are off, and ever and throw and throw that crap out the window because. On their sideline, they got two Super Bowl appearances back to back and a championship. Harbaugh has one championship, and his quarterback, who if he makes it that far, will only be his second go around in the NFL, and then in the playoffs. But, 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 and, and I know we've been kind of Raven heavy and Raven central, but can we kill the Rams a little bit? I mean, Goff has played. I mean, Goff and McVay. I mean, if you went everywhere, you would have sworn that Sean McVay was the next Vince Lombardi, and you would have sworn that Jared Goff was the second coming of freaking uh, Johnny and of uh, of uh, Kurt Warner for crying out loud. I mean, can we calm down? I mean, can after we what we've seen this season from the Rams, including the Super Bowl, can we calm down on Goff and McVay, please? Jared Goff has been has been nothing but a complete gaff, gaff. Since Super Bowl Fifty Three, when he absolutely spit up the joint, and then I got Sean McVay, who was too busy bouncing around with with some Ukrainian supermodel that he's now engaged to, and too busy bouncing around kissing and shining, kissing and shining Bill Belichick's Super Bowl rings t- to the point where he forget the game plan and forget how to coach and, and embarrass himself in front of the world against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Not what. 
like uh, nine months ago, whatever it was. I mean, the Rams have done absolutely nothing all season. I mean, where was Aaron Donald? I get he was double-teamed, but where is Aaron Donald? All I ever heard last year that Aaron Donald was the second coming of Lawrence Taylor, and he spit up the joint. I mean, where have the the Rams? I tell you one thing, they are not making the playoffs in 2019. You can write that down. There are too many competitive teams in the NFC North and the NFC West the two, you got the Vikings, you got the Packers, you have the Seahawks, and you have the and you have the Forty ers That's four. Rams are not getting in. I'm sorry, not not getting in, not getting in. Dang, some pretty woke <laughs> stuff, man. I, I always, I always try to, keep, I always try to keep it woke. I try to keep it woke for you. But it, getting back to the Ravens and the Rams, it's just. Ravens are one hell of a football team, but Super Bowl champion material, I got, I, 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 yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's hold off and calm down a little bit. But is Lamar Jackson a fa- a fabulous talent, a treat to watch? And this Ravens offense, absolutely. Ravens offense, I heard Chris Mad Dog Russo say this the other day. Ravens' best defense is their offense. They're on the field. They're on the field so long. Their, de- their defense is well rested and ready to go by the time they by the time it's their chance for them to get on the field. It's a lot easier to play defense when your offense is having these ten is having these uh eight, ten minute drives going on, marching down the field, wearing down the opposition's defense. You get on the field and it and it's a quick three and out. So Ray, give give the Ravens and give Harbaugh credit. Give them credit. But let's hold off on crowning them Super Bowl 54 champions. You're going yes, Super Bowl let, champions? Let, yeah, because they're not that. Let, they're not that let's yet. Let's hold off. It's, 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 it, and, and, the, and you'd have to be a, an imbecile to think, think that they are. You'd have to be stupid because that's not, it's not set in stone. And you guys talk like it is, and it really isn't. But you know what? That's how you guys always are. It's the way of the hype beast. And when it comes to backfire on you, you're going to try to find a scapegoat like you guys did last year with Lamar. So. Uh, Brennan, Brennan will receive uh, hot coal, not hot coal, but will receive coals in the stockings come Christmas time when he comes bounce when he comes bouncing down the steps, looks under the Christmas tree, and he finds a lump of coal for all from all the Ravens fans that he knows and has associations with, for him basically coming uh, on here and <laughs> bashing the Ravens. But, but yeah, it's not that hot. It's not that hot. But I, but I love the contrarian take that. <laughs> That Brendan gives when it comes to the Ravens is funny. I get a kick out of it, but uh, but uh, yep. but that's it for the first segment. Brendan, thanks for joining me, my man. Sharing the monologue with me. Oh, anytime. Thank You're you, awesome. Man. Thank you for having anytime. me on. As always, it's fun to uh, hang out and uh, talk about football. Anytime, I guess. man. <laughs> All right, I'll highlight. I'll highlight you, Brendan, later on. All right, have a good Thanksgiving. Got it. Have fun with your podcast. I'll listen to it later, okay? Right. Peace. Be back with the I'm Tell Like a TIS podcast right after this.
Welcome back to the Amatilla. Good God. Welcome back to the Amatilla TIS podcast. <laughs> uh, switching gears now to baseball. Not because I want to, but it's because I have to. I mean, you would think on November the 27th, the day uh, Thanksgiving Eve, the day before Thanksgiving, you know, we got all the football in the world for me to break down. And thank you once again, Brennan, for joining me. You would think that I would, you know, I'd want to get away from that and get away from the baseball and kind of lay baseball to rest until you know, until around mid-March, you know, looking for stuff to talk about or early, or late February. So when the Super Bowl is over and I don't want to break down, you know, uh, jazz and thunder on a, uh, on a uh, godforsaken February night on, a, you know, on a Saturday, but. I mean, what I mean, what what do I have to work with? I mean, in case you guys haven't know, and I brought it up about a few weeks ago, the Houston Astros now have been accused of cheating via stealing signs electronically, and this and this is an issue for the sport of baseball, and this is something that's been that's been a prop that's been in baseball's. A thorn is baseball side for quite a while now. The Red Sox got you know got in trouble with it a few years ago when they played the Yankees with the Apple Watch, and I didn't like that either. I mean, stealing stealing signs when you're on second base that's one thing. You know, you happen to catch a sign that's one thing. Using electronics is a totally separate thing. I mean, and Astros using some Dartmouth graduate is making twenty thousand dollars a year sitting in center field with some camera and a button and iPhones messaging and getting vi- that that's pathetic and that that's a joke. I'm sorry. That that is a joke and that's an absolute disgrace. And video has come out all over the place with the Astros having videos and using bats banging bats against trash cans against the dugouts to let people know what signs is coming. Looking at videos and the and the little tunnel walkway in between the clubhouse and the dugout, you know, finding us. Oh, it's an absolute joke. And the Astros hit, and Astros and their fans should hit their lucky, should hit their knees every night and thank the good Lord that they don't play in the NCAA and that the and if they were that the NCAA would would force them to vacate their championship because that is an absolute disgrace. The fact that a bunch of that that a two twenty hitter needs to steal a sign in order for him to you know get on base. That we, that we got athletes who do who get paid to do this for a living and train night and day all hours of the day and all hours of the night that work their rear ends off to get up here only for them to take the easier way out and go ahead and still signs and cheat i that that is that's weak i don't i don't care how you go that is weak and pathetic and absolute joke and it's garbage and matrix baseball said absolutely one thousand percent one thousand percent throw the book at them as in, as in immense, the team gets fined two and a half million dollars. Okay, everyone on down from the owner all the way down to AJ Henson manager gets suspended eighty games. And if you would have said, and if you were to tell me the vacated twenty seventeen championship, I, normal Yankees fans, any other fan, say boo about it. That's a joke. But what's even more joke is the fact that this that this news story broke out about two three weeks ago. Two, three weeks ago, and we have yet to hear anything from 
the owner of the Astros, Crane, whatever his first name is, but Crane, Jim Crane, I think his name is, A.J. Hinch, the manager, anybody. Verlander, Springer, Altuve, anybody. Anybody. We haven't heard a word. Carlos Beltran, for God's sakes, was asked about it in his introductory, inter, introductory press conference when he's hired by the New York Mets. And he was like, well, I mean, I got nothing to do with it. What do you mean you had nothing to do with it, Beltran? You played, you are a member on the roster, on the team two years ago. What do you, and you won championship. The hell you mean you don't, you don't know anything, you don't know anything about anybody. But for the owner... The manager and anyone involved in the 2017 Astros team, that includes Mike Elias, the Orioles GM, who, you know, who, th- who thinks he's freaking, uh, you know, George Steinbrenner cutting uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Villar instead of trying to get and trying to keep him on a team and see if we can trade something for him. But I, I digress with that. That, you know, that put together that garbage roster that was last year's Orioles team. Oh my god! You know, you know how you can prove me that you're that you're worth that you're worth something as GM. Do me a favor, and a lot of other Baltimore Baltimoreans out there that weren't alive or weren't around to see 1983. Do us a favor. I don't win us a damn championship, but I digress from that. From back to the Astros, for the owner Jim Crane, for the manager, from the GM, from the assistant GM, I don't care who, but for anybody and everybody that was involved with that that was involved in the 2017 championship team to be silent here on November the 27th is an absolute joke, is an absolute disgrace. Okay, uh, uh, disgrace. Please. Can somebody stand up? Okay, you guys getting lambasted across America. Across America. From me to Chris Russo to everybody else. Getting lambasted and getting destroyed across America. Destroyed by baseball fans and media members alike. Destroyed for an absolute joke, pitiful, garbage move of you using electronics, using cameras, and using iPhones, and using Christ knows that whatever piece of technology you was using, to steal signs on some godforsaken dopey night in the middle of July against the Texas Rangers. It's a joke. The Astros ought to be ashamed of themselves that they, that they would stoop that low enough to even freaking do it. A joke. You guys have been getting lambasted across America, all throughout the media, that has the balls to 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 call out your your pathetic selves, and not the and not the panderers out there that God forbid we ruffle you know uh, Justin Verlander's feathers or else we or else we can't get get him and his, and his obnoxious wife who done who wouldn't know baseball from a softball Kate Upton on on a dopey little television show or radio show or podcast whatever whatever the heck they got going on. The people, the people who have some guts and who call out the Astros on this garbage, we've been doing it for the past two, three weeks now. I'm starting to get annoyed. Okay, it's the day before, it's the day before Thanksgiving, and this news story broke around around uh, Veterans Day, whenever it was, two, three weeks ago. It's been out for a while. Can somebody say something? Can the owner say something? Can AJ Hinch say something? Can can Alex Cora the Red Sox say something? Can somebody say something? Can somebody that that is employed by the Houston Astros baseball organization step up, have some guts, have some morale, step up, be a man, and gosh darn it, call and say, just say something about this. Something. Anything. Get, give me something. The story's been out for two, three weeks. 
You think I want to sit up here and, and talk astro cheating when I want to talk football the day before Thanksgiving? And I, and, I, and I want to kill Jason Garrett some more and, and talk about Jerry Jones and, and him actually waking up and smelling the coffee of, of how he might fire Jason Garrett once the season's over. But I can't do that. Or I can't talk about the Bengals starting Andy Dalton again because I got to put up with this crap. Put up, put up with the Astros people, their management and their players being absolutely mute as far as they got a scandal out with them cheating. And the year that they won the World Series, by the way. Won the World Series. They had a scandal out. And every single last one of them has been silent. And I want to know why. Verlander. He's got a lot to say. How about him open up his big mouth? He feels like he's got to be basically Nelson Mandela when it comes to Roberto Suna and the domestic violence crap. And, he, and he's got to, he's opening his mouth and avoiding me. Oh, what a fraud he is. Oh, my God almighty. What a fraud. Just I mean, he feels that he's got to open up his mouth or everything else. His wife, too, get, you know, telling people like me who's been watching baseball for, for, for uh, fifth, who's been watching baseball for 10, 15 years. And, though, and folks out there have been watching it for a quarter century, a half a century and everything else who's been watching and following the sport of baseball long before she was ever a thought in her parents' brain and she's sitting up here insulting us like we don't know the rules of baseball when it came to that Trey Turner uh, runner in the first scenario in game six of the World Series. He's got a lot to say on that and then a fan interference call in uh, game, uh, game five, game six of the ALCS against Boston. She's got a lot to say. How about her open up her big mouth? And say and, and say and say something about this. From Upton to Springer to Verlander to all, the crane owner, everybody's been silent. Can somebody wake up have the, and have the guts to stand up and say, gosh, darn it, I got something to say about this. We're ashamed of this. We're ashamed of this. It will never happen again. We'll come up with major. Can somebody wake up, stand up, smell the coffee, be a man? Being adults put their big boy or big girl pants on Upton's case and, and stand up and say something about this. This is ridiculous. It's been going, it's going on for, for two, three weeks now. What, you expect that you expect us for us to get answers from you uh, day one of spring training in the middle of February when it's three feet of snow outside and we're more focused on uh, breaking down Super Bowl 54 and more focused on breaking down the NCAA tournament? And, and and Duke losing to uh, to Stephen F. Austin. No, say something now. I, I don't want a reaction. I don't want. I don't want a reaction in the middle of spring training. I don't want that. I don't want a reaction at the winter meetings. I don't want that. Give me a reaction. And give me a reaction. Give me something. Give me a sound. Like, give me a quote. Give me an interview. Give me on TV, radio, podcast. I don't care. Give me something, Houston. You cheated the sport. You make you make you made a mockery of of a of a fantastic game that is a game of baseball. Can somebody wake up, have some guts, stand up and say something and say something now? Upton, Verlander, that means you. Instead of bouncing around, taking fraudy freaking pictures with JJ White for Thursday night football games. I want you to stand up. Be a man and a woman. Be an adult. Stand up. Put your big boy and big girl pants on and say something about this. This is ridiculous. 
This starts out for two, three weeks. We got to hear it from freaking uh, Mike Fires and not Justin Verlander, who's still on the freaking team. AJ Hinch, what about you? Say something. It's your team. You're the boss. You know about this. Say something. Crane, your organization. You pay these guys. Your team. Say something. Now, full disclosure, if they actually did say something, I apologize for this rant that I have gone on and ensued. Uh, I will take that back, and I will go on the air and fully apologize if any of the Houston Astros uh, team members, executives, anybody who have gone out and said something other than Carlos Beltran related to this uh, Spygate in this Steinstein scenario. But I haven't heard anything, so I'm going on with it anyway. Can somebody stand up? Something. Crane, your team. AJ Hinch, your players. Verlander with a, with his big mouth and his big mouth wife. Say something. Be adults. Don't hide. Say something. Say it. I don't care who you talk to. I don't give a crap if you talk to, to Rosenthal, to Verducci, to Chris Russo. I don't give a crap if you talk to me for Kyle out. There's somebody going to the air and say something. One, can I have one person to stand up and have the balls zip in and say, gosh darn it, what we did was wrong and ain't going to happen again. My gosh. Enough with all these nonsense. Thinking that, that thinking of, that the Giants shows the world's gonna sweep us under the rug and we'll forget about that come spring training. Nonsense. Say something now. It's in the news. It's in the it's in the headlines. So it's on the back page of New York Post. You're getting lambasted from coast to coast on this. You cheated, and yet you won a championship. Say something. Take some accountability. Have the guts. My gosh almighty. AJ, it's your team. Say something and have the guts. Crane, you fund this nonsense. Have the guts to stand up and say something. What are you guys hiding from the cameras now? Will you guys just sit up here bouncing around and jumping and, 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 and powwowing at Dodger Stadium on that night and let out totally won the World Series? You guys, you guys couldn't have enough of the cameras. But when, but when, it, but when it's bad or no, 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 you can't go, can't go near me either. Everybody, and, I, and, I, and people always wonder, well, John, why do you hate the Astros? This is Exhibit A. Why? Or Exhibit D. Because I got three other reasons why I can't stand this dopey franchise. Who, prior to them being good in 2015, spent 50 years of eternal irrelevance. They got smacked by the White Sox in the World Series back in 2005. Goodness gracious. Say something. Have the guts. Back after this.
Welcome back to Amateur Like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now back to the National Football League as we discuss the Thanksgiving, as far as the Thanksgiving uh, Day football games are concerned. Uh, three games, of course, preview them all three, and then I give you my picks, and then we go on up out of here and have you enjoy the rest of your long, hopefully good and safe, memorable uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, let's first start out with the Badge and the Lions, who, uh, would you believe it, Matt Nagy is 3-0 against the Lions, or excuse me, the Bears are 3-0 under head coach Matt Nagy since he took over a few years ago. Uh, these two teams faced off, uh, faced off last year and last year, faced off last year and last year's game. Uh, uh, let me see if I can find, get the fun. Yeah. When these two teams faced off last year, last Thanksgiving, uh, the bears won 23 to 16 with the bears. Absolutely dominating performances. Bears defense isn't exactly what it was last year. And they have, and they had, I believe, Chase Daniel at quarterback because uh, I believe Trubisky got hurt the week before. But uh, but hey, it's gonna. Both of these teams stink. Lions, I mean, they've reached an all-time low going to Washington and losing to the freaking Redskins of all teams. I mean, so they're so they're at a low and no Stafford. The and the Lions never went on Thanksgiving to begin with anyway. But uh, but that's that. And then the Bears, who you would think would be halfway decent in 2019, uh, have been an absolute dud, five and six. Even though they beat the uh, hapless uh, New York Giants last week, which nobody cares about, but unless you bet at the game. But I mean, it's gonna be it's the football game. To be quite honest, you could skip watching. And, Get get the highlights and get the box score and be ready to sit down for Bills and Cowboys at four thirty, because this this game you can honestly kind of kind of go without. And did you know that the Packers are tied? That the excuse me, the Bears are tied with the Packers as the as the third team that's played the most Thanksgiving games in the history of the NFL. Lions, of course, lead it with seventy nine. It'll be eighty this week. Uh, Cowboys 51, it'll be 52, and then the Bears will have that one game advantage over the Packers with their 37th Thanksgiving Day game, uh, on Thursday. And, and, uh, and we're, and did you know that the first overtime game in Thanksgiving history in 1980 that lasted 13 seconds uh, was between the Bears and the Lions? And that, I guarantee you, you did not know. So... You could so it's kind of a little bit history of why the NFL kind of went back, repeating the same matchup, uh, as far as the twelve thirty game is concerned. Why they've repeated a second matchup between Atlanta and the Saints, I'll never know because the NFL actually has some flexibility with that. I don't know why the NFL couldn't have picked, um, you know, couldn't have picked. Uh, let's see if we can find a game. Uh, and they could have put Brown. They could have put Brown Steelers. I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have yelled. Uh, Browns and Steelers. You wouldn't have yelled. Uh, or Ch- Raiders and Chiefs would have been a decent one. Or they they could have went. Honestly, Chiefs and Raiders. Raiders and Chiefs and Tech and Patriots and Texans, or or Vikings and Seahawks. 
but that but that's a prime time game, so you don't want to steal from it. Now, Patriots and Texans is a prime time game too, but no one's running to the TV set to watch Patriots and Texans when Bill O'Brien has lost five games in a row uh, against Belichick. So I mean, let's let's take that with, with a grain of salt. But uh, but that's that's your first game, and I'll give you my pick. That'll be the first game that I pick later on in the program. Bills and Cowboys. What are, what do you say? Bills got took care of business at home against the uh, Broncos last week. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, like you heard me break down with Brendan at the top of the show, uh, could not get Jason Garrett especially could not get out of their own way. Excuse me against the uh, New England Patriots last week, and now they're going to go home on a short week and take on a Buffalo Bills team that. That's going to walk in there with a chip on his shoulder, like, hey, no one, you know, no one, a, a, not too many people are going to pick us to win this game just because we're the Bills and they're the Cowboys, but, you know, we're we're the Bills. People think we're a throwaway team anyway. He's nine and seven and out in the playoffs. Let's go out here and and punch the Cowboys in the mouth and and prove to America why we deserve to play on Thanksgiving Day, and. And let's hope that the Buffalo Bills, who are eight and three, that are going to, that that bought that for sure are going to lock up the uh, lock up one of the fifth seed. I would I believe it'd be the fifth. Yes, the fifth seed in the AFC uh, wild card. I mean, they have what like a two three game advantage on the teams that are trying to get that sixth seed. You know, the Raiders and the Steelers and the, and the Browns. So it looks like the Bills will lock up that fifth seed in the AFC wild card picture. So it's not so it's I get I it's not a bad game. Four thirty CBS Jim Nance Tony Romo for what the third or fourth year in a row uh with those two guys uh, manning the controls on uh, Thanksgiving Day last year they were at uh Detroit. CBS and Fox they they uh they alternate. CBS does the Lions game on even years, so next year they'll be at Detroit at twelve thirty. While odd years, they are at Dallas, and you know they're at Dallas this year, and they'll be at Dallas again in uh, 2021. With NBC, of course, having the rights to the night to the to the third uh, Thanksgiving game that's been and part of the NFL since 2006, when it was on 2006-2011 on the NFL Network, and NBC, you know, got in the mix and they put in a. Uh, and they have an NBC broadcast is the third Thursday night, the third Thanksgiving game at eight o'clock, and uh, this year they get the same like it was last year, but different venue in Falcons and Saints. Why they went Falcons and Saints Saints instead of instead of Texans and Patriots, which would have been which wouldn't have been terrible, or Raiders and Chiefs. I have no I have no idea. I mean that that game is going to be an absolute blowout considering that the Falcons have done nothing but piss down their leg. The last uh, two seasons, and the and the Saints are just flying. See if they can uh, make San Francisco sweat to get that uh to get the number one seed. But the Cowboys offensively, they got to come out guns blazing, guns firing. Dak has got to wake up and smell the coffee, and I realize midway through the third quarter that he's playing in a football game. Uh, that de- that defense has to hold up, which I believe that it that it will and that it should. It's Josh Allen, not exactly uh, Jim Kelly at quarterback. Granted, they're eight and three, but still, all things considered, uh, but it it should, it should be a decent football game. And if you're skipping the uh, tw- one the twelve thirty game, you're going to be watching football essentially from four thirty. You know, if you were to pick one Thanksgiving game you had to watch, it'd be this one.
if you want, you know, if you yeah, if you were on an island or if you were was stuck in it and your TV could only get one game, you were only allowed to watch one game out of the, out of the three Thanksgiving. You'd pick the four thirty between Buffalo and Dallas. You'd pick that one. You, you ain't you're not picking a game you already saw last year between the Falcons and the Saints, and the building will be half empty. You're not taking that, and you're not taking the the underachieving Bears against the legacy of failure Lions. You're just not doing it. And uh, what's the preview about the third game? Falcons will fall on their face, and the granted granted they beat them last time. Granted they beat them last time they played in New Orleans. But I mean that was a wake up call for for the Saints. Every team's gonna have a game like that, and uh, what do I expect? I expect the Saints to go right to go right into uh, you know go right in, go right into uh, to uh, where is it in Atlanta and and take care and take care of business against the uh, against the uh, against the Falcons. Again, and, uh, you know nothing nothing more and nothing and nothing more and nothing less. I mean. Uh, again, one game that you were that you had to watch on an island, it w- it would it would be this one because uh, because this one because this one uh, because this one because the last because the last game at night and the first and the first game, you could uh you you could live without. I, I mean to be to be to be fair. I mean. I mean, and I read an article earlier this week that Lions fans should boycott and not come to the games on Thanksgiving. That I tell you, that's, that's not a bad idea because I know America is sick and tired of seeing the uh, of seeing the uh, Detroit Lions on on Thanksgiving, and and the Lions fans are sick and tired of seeing them lose. I know are sick and tired of seeing it as well. I mean, I know it's tradition, but let's break from tradition and put a. And put have the green have the Green Bay pass. pass here's the start a new tradition. Get the Lions off of twelve thirty and put the Packers and put the Packers on at twelve thirty. That's a, that's a that's a decent that's a success. They got Rodgers sitting there. That's a, that's a historic team as far as NFL you know all time and one hundred NFL one hundred and all that history garbage is concerned. And they got and they've been successful for the good portion of their history, and they got one of the best, still one of the best quarterbacks in football, Aaron Rodgers sitting there. Get the Lions off, put the Packers on at twelve thirty, and keep the Cowboys at four thirty. But I mean, I, I don't know. But we pick the games anyway because it is football and it's Thanksgiving, so let's pick the three games in the league where they play. Four. Pay. Bears at Lions. What should I pick for that one? Well, Bears have the Lions number, so that's good enough for me. I'm gonna pick Chicago to win that game by a final score of 22-10. Quirky score, but whatever. Just take that and bet that. Uh, 20 to 10, Bears in game number one. Bills and Cowboys. 
Let's see. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, scored nine points against uh, against the uh, Patriots, but they're at home. Bills got a, got a nice defense. I'm going to say, yeah, and God knows Jason Garrett's going to embarrass himself again. Uh, so let's go, I'm going to go Bills. I'm going to say Bills win 23 to 17. Because I do not trust Jason Garrett to, to make up and to learn from his mistakes that he made on Sunday. That... That I'm just not going. That I'm just not going for. Uh, last game, uh, Saints and Falcons. I'll go. Saints will go. F- will win the game, forty-one to ten. And that, and there you have it. That's your three Thanksgiving games. Best game of the week. Best game of the day is that middle game between the Bills and the Cowboys. You can. Can go to the you can go to the bank on that because the last the last game is going to be an absolute blowout unless something crazy happens, and then the first game is just two unwatchable teams that haven't Bears haven't done anything worth noting since two thousand six, at least when they went to when, at least that's the last time they've been to a Super Bowl, and the Lions have just been an eternal irrelevant legacy of failure since their inception back in the back in the nineteen thirties. But I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the I'm TIS Podcast. That's our show. Thanks for listening. New to the program, be sure to subscribe. Listen on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. Share it at the dinner table over Thanksgiving. Friends, family, co-workers over social media. Tweet the show at Amatel underscore it T-I-S. Tweet and follow your boy at the J Shield. Have a blessed, safe, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Eat lots of turkey. If you're drinking, please don't drive drunk. God bless y'all. Y'all take care. Happy Thanksgiving.